What's up, everybody, and happy Easter. Welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Happy Easter. Episode 79, the final four is in the books, and we are looking forward to the national championship game, and the final four was wild. The Gonzaga versus UCLA matchup, that's the matchup everybody's been talking about. Um, a David versus Goliath, 11 seed versus a one seed. And here's the soundbite from the biggest moment and sequence of the game last night. Again with the ball in his hands, in the paint, floater, short, got it back, ties it with three. Gonzaga has time to do something. Socks for the win. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. And unbelievable it was. Um, I'm a big, I'm a firm believer of you take the last shot. You don't let it be dictated by somebody else's shot. So Juzang drives in with about five seconds, gets his own rebound uh, after a miss off the front rim, puts it in with about 3.3 left to go, and then Suggs goes the length of the court, pulls up from right in front of the logo, and banks in a three. So Gonzaga's on in the national championship game to take on Baylor. But it was an incredible performance by UCLA. Uh, pretty much like we were saying, they would have to have a perfect performance to have a chance to upset them, uh, to upset Gonzaga. And I would say they basically damn near did, uh, with the exception of a couple possessions. Um, but, yeah, what what are your takeaways from – we'll go Gonzaga-UCLA because Baylor-Houston, we'll touch on that in a second. Yeah, like what you just said. Um, well, you were texting me after Suggs made the fucking heave – yeah. Off the backboard. Um, we were texting back and forth, and you were like, yeah, you got to hold it for the last shot. And at first, I was th- in my head, I'm like, not a lot of people were talking about that. Yeah. Um, and in my head, I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, you just want to make sure you score. But on the other hand, I was thinking, because it was a two-point game, right? Uh, if it's a one-point yeah. game, there's no doubt in my mind that you're holding it for the last shot. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to think that the two-point game should be played in a similar way because you, you're trying to make that last shot and go to overtime. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, as soon as they got the ball, as soon as they got the ball and were, had the chance they're dribbling it up to go take the last shot, I, I stood up and I said, go for the win. You're not even supposed to be here. You were in a play-in game, down – 17 something like that down double digits at halftime to Michigan State which feels like an eternity ago on that play-in game on the Thursday um you're not even supposed to be here go for the win take the three but they butchered they butchered um the end of regulation that last sequence they absolutely botched that I don't know what they were doing 14 seconds left in the game they get the rebound and he's walking it up. Tiger Campbell's walking it up. Then he gives it to Juzang. He's walking it up. They get across half court with under 10 seconds left, and he's still walking it up. Go. go, Move with some urgency. Or Mick Cronin, as soon as he gets across half court, call a timeout. You had one left. You can't take it with you. Draw something up or go attack the basket. But you, when you wait till there's three seconds left, then it's, oh, God, I got to go. Now you're in scramble mode. 
and he yeah. drives in, pull up, two feet in the lane, pull up jump shot. That's Ju Zhang's game. Yeah, the little floater, you know. Yeah. It's S- like stop and pop. Don't go even let the official call that a charge because it was a charge. That was the right call in my opinion. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, the, but like you said, man, just coming up, they were like moving so slow, and I was looking. I was like, "What are they? What are they going to try to do here?" And then when they put the ball in Juzang's hand, and I was like, "Really? They're going? They think this is the best chance that they have the scores to isolate Juzang?" It's like Juzang's a great player, right? Yeah, he made a bunch of incredible shots, but he's not a. Uh, get the ball and beat you one-on-one type of guy. He's a catch-and-shoot, or he's a do-a-little-move-and-then-pull-up-on-you. He's not yeah. going to uh, – well, he got past the defense, which yeah. I was like, what? And then, like you said, he didn't He didn't pull up. He ran right into the defense. No, yeah, I, I was saying, if you really think back on it, pretty much every major buzzer beater um, is a pull-up jump shot. Kimball Walker's Michael Jordan against Cleveland over Craig Elo, like, and the list goes on and on, but I'm not going to sit here and name them all. But more times than not, it's a drive in the lane, step back, jump shot. Like the first one that pops into my head is obviously Kimball Walker against, and that, that was against Pitt in the Big East uh, championship or semifinals, whatever it was. But it wasn't the NCAA yeah, and he tournament. Got, but he still. got past them to where no, he had him beat. The defense was trailing, and there's a good chance there that if you if you stop you and pull behind. up, then yeah. you're getting fouled there. Yeah. So it's like. I mean, I know we're looking at it from a different angle, and he's sees he sees the goal open yeah. and he's trying to get there. But I mean, it was a horrendous shot. Even if even if they don't call a foul there, he still misses the shot, and Gonzaga gets the rebound. That was a terrible shot. You had Tiger Campbell wide open in the corner. You had another guy wide open. So it's either stop, take the two feet in the lane, pull up jump shot from ten feet away, or kick it out to somebody else. It, that just absolutely reckless flying in there. Throwing up a prayer, I didn't like that at all. I thought that was a terrible that they should have. They, I felt like Gonzaga. I was going. I was talking with my dad about it, kind of going back and forth. I felt more like UCLA lost this game than Gonzaga won this game. <laughs> but at the same time, that's hard to say, I guess, because I mean there was 90, 90 points scored a piece. Um, it's not like Gonzaga played a bad game. I just felt like the opportunities were there for UCLA. Uh, that they did not capitalize on. And, I mean, hats off to Suggs. That was an incredible shot. I knew that shit was in. I knew it was in as soon as it left his hand. Because um, Suggs was, like, getting hurt all game. He hurt his hand. He hurt his ribs. He hurt his ankle. I'm like, this motherfucker's going to come back and hit a game winner. Um, but without a doubt, the best game of the tournament so far. Um, he had a great one against Houston and Rutgers. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty others that I could that I could think of. That North Texas uh, Purdue game was really good, but I would say without a doubt, this Gonzaga UCLA game takes the cake. Best, yeah, best game of the tournament, best the, game I've seen in a long the time. The weird thing is, is like when we were breaking down this game, both of us were on UCLA plus fourteen and the under one forty five and a half. I mean the over one forty five and a half. I was like, I wasn't. <laughs> so, um. But everybody, all the experts that were breaking this down were saying that if this game were to be close, they were going to have to hold Gonzaga at a 70 points. There was, I heard everybody, yeah, I heard everybody say they're going to have to grind it out a scrappy game except for one. I think it was Clark Kellogg said the same thing that we were saying. He reiterated what we had been saying was you got it. You have to score with them. You're not going to be able to slow this team down. And I was talking with my dad about it again. We were watching the game. And he's like, he was under the, he was with the slow it down 
uh, idea. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't think that's idea. a good idea because UCLA, UCLA will turn the ball over. They make bad decisions. Gonzaga's good at collapsing. Whenever you have your back turned, another guy's coming over to come try to swipe the ball. Suggs did it a few times to Juzang. Um, but Gonzaga's so efficient offensively that if you want to slow it down and you want to play like a tit for tat, like I'm going to try to score and then you try real slow, like not really run and gun. I mean, they're going to score. They're going to score more efficiently than anybody else. Like just numbers yeah, game. Like, you're not you going to win. Still play. You can still go. The main thing I was saying is that if you get the ball and you get the open shot, you got to take the shot because yeah. an open shot's better than a tone, a turnover. Yeah. It's like, you don't hunt for the like a wide opener or the best shot late in the shot clock because at the end of the day you want to get as many chances to make points as possible and and you can still trust your defense in doing that. I, I realize there was a lot of points scored in this one, but yeah, it was obviously the best thing that they could do. And I just I just don't think you can slow down Gonzaga. They're so good in transition. Mm-hmm. If you turn the ball over, you're gonna get down by ten early if you try to slow it down. Yeah. No, yeah, UCLA made a really a lot of tough shots too. Because I mean, you look, you look at the score. Neither team played good defense at all. I know it went to OT, but there was still a lot of. I mean, we hit the over with six minutes left in the second half. Might might have even been more. Yeah, there was eighty nine points scored at halftime. You knew it. Yeah, it was like if yeah. it doesn't go over, it's going to be a one formality. Of the- yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, I think it was literally it was like six or seven minutes. I was like, that's always, it's always a you know, an easy day at the office whenever you can hit the over with probably half hour left of game time um so yeah we hit we cash in on ucla plus 14 who has covered every single game in the tournament and then we like nick said we hit our over 145 and a half um but yeah so there the game before that was baylor and houston uh baylor was five point favorites and this game honestly this game went exactly how i thought it was going to go it really did i in terms of i felt like Houston doesn't have enough scoring options to match Baylor, which it it definitely looked like they did not. They didn't get a great game out of Grimes, if I remember correctly. And then Sasser was hitting from deep, but he was the only one. Yeah, it's the only one. It and, was like, and that's the thing with Baylor: a couple guys can have an off night, and there's still a plenty other guys that can give you twenty. Whereas Houston doesn't have that. Yeah, Grimes did, didn't have a good game at all. Yeah, uh, I don't think he hit from deep. He might have hit one yeah. lit, very late in the game. but I think they had said he had a streak of like four three-pointers or more made for X amount of games, but it was like it was a good streak that he had going that obviously got broken. Yeah, so night. they didn't get a good enough game out of him on, on the offensive end. But, yeah, it, it went pretty much how I thought it was going to go other than um, I thought Baylor would make one less three-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Nick had the over or had the under. What was it? One thirty-five. Um, one thirty-four and a half. So one less three-pointer made it, it hits under. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was unfortunate, but see, that's why I was. I mean, it very easily and probably should have went under. But after the first half, I was looking and I was like, dude, like there were sixty-five points scored at halftime, yeah. which is basically on track because you they always. Seem to score more in the second half usually. Well, Houston came out and I think they hit six out of their first seven and like seven out of their first nine shots. Yeah, they started off scoring to where it was basically so like the first five minutes it was basically on on track to hit the hit the number basically. Yeah, and then 
after that, there was a real slump in scoring to where, like, up until the six-minute mark or something like that, it looked like it was going to hit under. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it shots, was shot threes and yeah. then and fouls on threes, three-point shots from Baylor and ones. It was just like, I mean, on the one hand, we, we've gotten, I don't, I wouldn't say lucky, but there were, like, the Loyola Chicago under – um, against Oregon State, yeah, that one hit by one, but there was a sh- a lot of points scored there in the last minute. So I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say it was bad luck, but we were really close to hitting all all four of our bets. No, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, no, I mean you're you're a shot or two away from uh, that happening, but but I would have been more mad. So. There were 20 seconds left in the game, and Baylor gets the offensive rebound. And I'm like, hold hold the ball, dribble it out. (laughs) And then the guy off the bench, obviously he wants to shoot the ball because he hasn't played all year, but he (laughs) shoots it and he makes it. Well, it went over. Well, if he would have missed that that, and then the referee on the other, like let's say somehow, yeah, if he would have missed it and Houston got the ball back, what does the referee – I get, I get you call the foul, but he called a foul with 2.8 seconds left in the yeah. game. It's like, bro, come on. No, I know. They do that I would have been more, way more mad if, if the over would have hit because of a foul shot. Yeah. He might have had the over just a little bit a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, Live Bennett. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this really did. This, this went – and don't get me wrong. I feel like outside of the state of Texas, I've probably watched – I'm competing with – just about anybody for the number of Houston games watched this year and bet on. I love Houston. They're one of my favorite teams in college basketball. They have been for the, about the last five years. So it's not like I didn't – it's not like I. it's this thing against Houston. It's just this one really felt pretty easy. I, Baylor's just too much for a team like Houston. They're both very similar in defense. Houston's got the edge. But offensively, Baylor's head and shoulders more equipped to get to the national championship. So, yeah, and I think you mentioned about the rebounding. Yeah, Baylor won the rebounding battle. Yep, and only lost the offensive rebounding by one. Yeah, and that's—I mean—if you do that, you're going to beat Houston. Just about. That's Houston's strength is not their shooting percentage. It's the number of second chance opportunities that they get to to manufacture more offensive uh looks. So it was a, a damn good first half by Jared Butler and then his services were not really needed very much in the second half. I don't know I don't think he scored. And it wasn't for lack of uh or it wasn't for a poor shooting performance in the second half. I don't know that he even shot really in the second half. Davion Mitchell is an incredible defender. Um Mayer played great. I mean, they got contributions all across the board. So um, the biggest thing is if Macy Oteague can find his outside shot. Because he, if he's if he's hitting from deep, I'm just, dude, it, it's going to be a tough, a tough matchup with Gonzaga. But they need him to start hitting from deep, keep, keep the floor spaced, um, which they respect his shot. They're still, they're still, I'm sure, spacing the floor. It's not like they're sagging off of him or anything like that. Um, but then the matchup between Drew Timmy and uh, Mark Vital is going to be critical to the outcome of the game. Um, but, yeah, so we 
cash in on bail or on yeah on Baylor minus five, and then Nick just barely missed um, the uh, under one thirty four and a half. Um, so I went three and zero on the night. Nick went three and one. So we had a very good final four after a poor second day of the Elite Eight, and we rest recoup today on Easter Sunday, and then we come back tomorrow. Think is it eight thirty tip off? It's kind of late. Yeah, it's probably late. It's either seven thirty, eight twenty, eight twenty. I'm off on Tuesday, so uh, yeah. Anybody who wants to uh, rally behind the Big Easy Bets wagon and pull for Baylor for me, um, it'd be greatly appreciated because if Baylor wins, then we win twenty five hundred dollars, um, and if Gonzaga wins, we win nothing. So, but that was my question on the last episode, like, should I wait and see what happens and hedge? And we both agreed. Like, I, I don't understand the the two minus two sixty five odds when you got to beat two teams. Like I felt like if they, it's exactly what I said happened. If, if UCLA kind of gave them a close game and Baylor looked really good, I felt like the odds would be less. And they are, like you said, they're what? 205, 200, something like that. Yeah. 200. And I mean, you're looking at the money right now. More money's on Baylor than it is on Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, I think it opened at five and it moved rather quickly to four and a half. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I couldn't. Right now, it's kind of really because you only have one day in between these games, so it's kind of er, still kind of early to project where this line's going to end up. I, if I had to guess, I'd say it stayed probably about the where it's at right now. I don't, yeah, I don't see it really going any less. I definitely don't see it going below four. Like, yeah, no, no. But um, yeah, I mean, it could look. It, you might be able to get under two hundred on on the um on the money line for Gonzaga if you wait it out. Maybe I don't yeah. know. See, dude, it's like fuck. I would if I was in the position that you're in. I wouldn't hedge. No, no. I mean, I do feel good about Baylor. I felt good about – I've been preaching Baylor the entire time. It was my first bracket. and If you listen to the podcast, you know on the first March Madness episode, I said I'm only as good as the first bracket I make. I feel like if – like that's the that's the decider on how, how much and how um, accurate I was in picking. Bracket two and three, I tweak around bracket number one uh, to just not have the same exact thing and switch things up a little bit. But this is my first bracket. Uh, the number one bracket was Baylor. So, I mean, I don't know. It feels good. I've been close uh, many, many of years, but this is the closest I've been. Um, But I don't know. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. But, all right, let's talk about the game specifically. Um, Like I said, Baylor is – so is it – actually, yeah, I, it's four and a half right now, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Baylor's four and a half point underdogs. We just got a good look at both teams. I like the fact that Gonzaga just had to battle it out with UCLA and they took them to overtime versus it just being a run through, like 20 point victory and, UC- and Gonzaga's playing the backups. Um, and I, it was a physical game. Yeah, exactly. So Baylor, that's, that's obviously, that's going to be a physical matchup with Houston, but it wasn't really ever like, it wasn't in doubt. So. Houston never did much to really get back into the game in that second half. Um, but, I mean, also, too, you can look at it from the other side of that really doesn't fucking matter all of that much. They're, they're going to be – it's the national championship. If you're not up and ready to play, people are going to be playing hurt. People are going to be playing through whatever they got to play through. So, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll let you go first. What do you What are you thinking? I know you've already kind of touched on it last episode, um, so I'm sure everybody's got a, a pretty good idea which way you're leaning. But go ahead. Yeah, nothing's really changed my mind about. <laughs> I said basically last episode, no matter who won out of Houston and Baylor, that it was going to be Gonzaga's toughest matchup. I mean, you just look at UCLA is a really good team, right? Yeah. But they're not as good as Baylor. No. And um, they're kind of similar in the strengths of their team to where uh, I guess if basically defense is mainly both of those teams' strength. Yeah. Um, but Baylor's is better. And obviously Baylor can score. So you're looking at, I'm looking at this game like, uh, obviously if I was an odds maker, I would have to say that uh, Gonzaga should be favored. But I think four and a half is just too many. And if I was an odds maker, I'd probably have it at Gonzaga favored by two and a half. Because I could see this, I could very well. I, to me, it's a toss-up. I mean, you give it to Gonzaga just because of how well we saw their defense play before they played UCLA. Um, UCLA, like I said on the last podcast, I was just saying how good they are at making tough shots. They are. They really are. So, um, yeah, basically, I'm on Baylor pl- plus four and a half because um, I mean, it very well could end up until a last shot opportunity or I could see Baylor uh kind of surprising a lot of people and maybe controlling this game uh to where Gonzaga has to put together a comeback around at the end yeah so Gonzaga I've been saying if there is an Achilles heel of Gonzaga which it's hard to find and it's not that glaring um even when you dig deep is they can get a little turnover prone. We saw a couple times last night where it was just lazy passes, um, just really poor decisions. Um, so, and that it's a reach to try to look for the Achilles heel of Gonzaga. But if there is one, that's it. They can turn the ball over. Uh, there's not a team that will pressure you more than the Baylor Bears will. Davion Mitchell is arguably, and it might not even be an argument, the best defensive player in the country. Jared Butler is long, one of the best two-way players in the country. So Baylor can guard you one to five. The biggest matchup, like I've been saying, is going to be how vital does with Timmy. If Timmy gets vital in foul trouble early, and then even then they have, um, what's his name? It reminds me of Precious Achua. The, the long name, number yeah. 23? Yeah. Yeah, they have him and Chachua. they have Thamba That's too. What it is. That's what it is, Chachua. Yeah, and they got Thamba. So they have expendable bigs that can go out there and body up. And the Timmy. biggest thing is like, Vital's been getting in foul trouble. And then when he gets yeah. in foul trouble, um, what's the guy's name? The white guy with the mullet? Mayor. Yeah, he comes in and then it's like you wish you would have never gotten Vital in foul no, trouble. Yeah. yeah, no, he's so Mayor's been their sixth man for his entire career. He's always come off the bench. He could start it probably any other program in the country, damn near, with the exception of maybe three. So um, he's a, the best sixth man in the country. The dude can do it all, guard one through five just about, and can shoot from the outside, facilitate, and attack the rim. So – He's uh, that's why he may be the X factor. If you get if you get big time minutes and and uh, a lot of contribution out of him, I mean that could be the difference maker there. Um, 
I'm just I'm trying to think of like how they're going to match it up. Like, is Davion Mitchell going to be on Suggs? Is Davion Mitchell going to be on Kispert? Uh, Butler might be a better matchup for Suggs, just length wise. Um, but whoever they put Davion Mitchell on, it's going to be like like his nickname. It's going to be an off night. So I don't know. This is the matchup I. From day one, I said this is the matchup I wanted. This is the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Best offense, best defense, two best teams in the nation. This is going to be one of the most anticipated national championship games for college basketball in a long, long time, as far back as I can remember. I don't know if you can think of a better one off the top of your head, but this is, I mean, this is... I mean, this is what everybody's been talking about since February, early, like... These teams separated themselves early from the rest of the pack, yeah, and then... I mean, there's talks that this Gonzaga team could be the greatest college basketball team ever. Yeah, they're they're really good, but um, I don't know. Just what I saw from Baylor last night, it's like I've been preaching the gospel about they've, Baylor. They've kind of struggled shooting it a little bit throughout throughout the tournament, but um, dude, what they did to Hugh, I didn't mean I didn't think they were going to win by as many as they did. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a defensive battle, which mm-hmm. it was for Houston was in a defensive battle as far as defensive they struggle. couldn't score. Yeah, And then, um, yeah, I mean, dude, Baylor just, for them to be able to disrupt Houston's defense, I mean, I didn't see many people. There, Houston didn't lose a lot of games, but they, they definitely didn't give up a whole lot of points in the games that they lost. Yeah. So, um. Houston was probably regarded as probably the best defense in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And then for them to be able to put up 45 at halftime against them, I mean, that's... Extremely impressive. Yeah, they were up by so many. It was like, there's going to have to be an epic collapse for Houston no, to yeah, get it, back into this game. No, yeah, it was over at halftime. It really was. It was Baylor. Baylor just needs to play smart in the second half, and they got it. So, yeah, it it was like you said. It was very impressive. Butler woke up. Butler found his outside shot. His like I said, his services were not needed in the second half. Um, they're getting. They're still getting good minutes out of Flagler, which is big. They're deeper than Gonzaga. That could become. That could be critical. Baylor's deeper than Gonzaga. They have more expendable bigs. They've got. They're getting more help from the guard position. Um, Ayayi. So in that first Ayayi half, had a. He had an incredible game. Uh, An unrealistically incredible exactly, game. Exactly, exactly. Um, if a doesn't have the game that he had, they probably lose that game. Mm-hmm. They had eight free throws given to them on bad calls by the officials in the first half. That also put, um, what was his name? He kind of looks like uh, number one. Yeah, well, I can't, he got in foul trouble early. Yeah, Robinson might be his last name. I don't think that's it, but I can't remember. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Um, but, yeah, so he gets in foul trouble early, and, I mean, that hurt. That was on a poor call. Jalen Suggs um, clearly initiates contact, driving to the rim, and they call oh, him yeah. foul. There was, there was a couple other ones. Just just unfortunate for him, but he had a terrible game um, in the Elite Eight. So they needed more contributions out of that guy. Who are you looking up his name? I'm trying to find it. Yeah, I, I can't even remember it. Oh, be it's Bernard. Bernard, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, Robinson Bernard, that's close. Yeah, um, but he's a long guy, so I mean, no, yeah, definitely. I that, guess they were matching him up with um, Suggs at times. He's six six. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a big. 
that was a big loss for them to have when he got in foul trouble. Yeah, I've just because he he got his fourth foul like less than a minute into the second half. Yeah, it was a ton of game left. Um, but yeah, I've been hearing all tournament about how Gonzaga's unbeatable, and I've been saying one, anybody's beatable, but two, that team is definitely beatable. I I think Baylor matches up very well with Gonzaga. I really do. I, I the the biggest glaring discrepancy is going to be Timmy versus Vital. I think Timmy is going to be able to have his way with Vital. I do, but I think they have a matchup for Kispert. Kispert hadn't been lighting it up. They've got somebody that's going to stay with him constantly. Um, and then I mean Suggs. You can either put Mitchell or Butler on Suggs. That's going to be a great matchup. That's going to be a tough a tough to get yours, tough to get mine matchup. And then you got Nimhard and Ayai. They've got like who does Mayer guard when he comes in? Who I mean, it, it the matchups are going to be um, extremely interesting to see how Baylor decides to attack that Gonzaga offense. How they're going to um, just match up with them. I, I'm really interested to see what I, I believe his name is Scott Drew. I don't even know his fucking name. The coach yeah, of Baylor. That's his name. Um, I'm interested to see how he goes and tries to. Uh, counter their offensive output um but yeah yeah. i think the biggest key is like you just said the matchup between timmy and vital yeah that's going to be important but i think baylor um more than any other team well you even look at the way ucla played it's the only comparable team that on defense that um gonzaga's gonzaga's played in the tournament and uh the nine the pass to the post is very important here. Uh, so the pressure on defense is going to be important for Baylor. Obviously, you said um, Gonzaga has a bad habit of sometimes turning the ball over. And that feeds right into Baylor's strength of their defense. They're active. They anticipate passes. They get a lot of steals. Um, but the, on the other hand, on the offensive side, just the way the Baylor has way more scoring options than UCLA does. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think Baylor's top two scores are better than any of UCLA and than any of UCLA's scores. Oh yeah. No, so Juzang had an incredible tournament. Yeah. An incredible tournament. He really did. But outside of Juzang and then you got Yaquez, I mean, Tiger Campbell put in some some good minutes and good points. Um he hit a couple big shots, but then I think it was number two, the the power forward was yeah. automatic from mid range. Right. Um. So they got contributions across the board, but yeah, no, I'm taking either Butler or Mitchell. Over, yeah, and then over Tiger Jason. Campbell. That was a big because I think Tiger Tiger Campbell picked up three fouls in the first half. He did. Yeah. Or at least I two so. to where he had a sit for the rest of the first half. And yeah. Without he's their only. He's obviously their best ball handler and yeah, basically he, he their only the only guy that can really handle the ball and protect it. Yeah. Once he went out, I, UCLA turned the ball over, and that's the worst thing you can do against um against Gonzaga oh, yeah. because they're the best team in transition in the country. Yeah, on you, offense. you turn the ball over, it's a layup. So. so that's that's the other key is the key on defense for Baylor should be deny the ball. From Timmy, and then on yeah. offense, it's protect the ball. So I mean, you don't want to be too conservative, but you want to, you don't want to give Gonzaga a whole lot of transition opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I felt like there was a lot of people on Houston, 
And I feel like Baylor showed that they're the real deal. It wasn't really yeah, a it was question. Some mo- but I think Gonzaga showed that there's a chink in the armor. Like, they can be beaten. So I think – and also, too, when you're – expected like nobody's on the top of the mountain but when everybody's like oh it's it's them it's them it's them you have more to lose than Baylor does whereas if Baylor I feel like more pressures on Gonzaga there's less pressure on Baylor there's going to be pressure on both but when you're expected you're also basically being crowned the champion before it happens and like damn we just squeaked by against UCLA there's going to be more pressure on Gonzaga Baylor could come out and smack him in the mouth I, I believe yeah. So. The, yeah, but. So yeah, it's basically because there there was a turnover. Oh, it was before it was when um, they tried to isolate Juzang and he got nowhere, and it was a turnover, and then Gonzaga uh, UCLA got the defense back, but the efficiency on through the transition they were able to pass the ball up to Timmy, and then it was like a it was a donk in between all the guys. It was yeah. just like the way that they move in transition is is incredible so you want to deny that as much as possible and Baylor has the has the defense to do that yep um but the key here is is for them to play their game and and not turn the ball over yeah no that's really all there is to it I mean just run your set get your open shots and just play really tough, smothering defense. Play Baylor just needs to play their game. I like the way Baylor matches up with this Gonzaga team. I really do. This will by far be the toughest test for Gonzaga. I know they. I'm pretty sure they went to West Virginia and beat them on their home court early in the year. Um, but this is without a doubt. It's not even close. Going to be their toughest test. Yeah, West Virginia, in my opinion, was a little bit better in the second half of the year. Than maybe the first half. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, this is going to be, can Mark Few finally break through and get a a championship? Can Gonzaga be knocked off the pedestal that they have been tossed up on, like they get tossed up on there every single year? Um, So, yeah, there's a lot riding on this game. Uh, Obviously, you know I'm going Baylor plus four and a half. Look at a money line play. Um because I'll be praying for it, without a doubt. But, yeah, do you have anything else on this? Are we going to – so the over-under is 159 and a half, and it's like – I personally am going to stay the fuck away from it. Yeah, I mean, look, there's like – I don't see what you can look at trends-wise and be like – like if you like if the under was the play. Like I don't see what you look at and be like – It would have to be that – the defenses are better than everybody's given recognition to. Um, if you could see Baylor slowing down Gonzaga more than like to than they're accustomed under to. eighty somehow. Yeah, and then for the same, I mean, obviously Gonzaga's defense is pretty good, even though they gave up a lot of points last night. But yeah, it's like on the one hand, that's the way I'm thinking is like, okay, it's going to be uh, a reverse to what the trend's been going. So it's been a lot of points scored for yeah. Gonzaga, and then they've been hitting all the overs, basically. Uh-huh. And then, bam, we're going to get a, def- a more of a defensive matchup than than we're anticipating. Or you could look at this game like these offenses can score because they obviously can, and yeah. then, then it's going to come down to the wire, and it could easily be 
and that's, 80 to 80. But, and, and also, yeah, exactly. So you're saying like you could potentially have to go to overtime? like Yeah, or they could hit it. I mean, it games like this, it seems like, to me, I would have to shoot at the over. If I had to bet it, I would go over just yeah. because it seems like games like this, when they're, when teams are in a close game, it just seems like there could be a lot of lead changes in this one like yeah. there was against Gonzaga and UCLA. So it could be yeah, just guys be hitting much. hitting a lot of shots, and then it'd be like no team's ever really taken command of this game. But also, too, there's yeah, there's not going to be very much sitting on the basketball. Like it's not going to be UCLA walking it up the court real slow. I don't see it. I, I think Baylor knows. I mean, their defense can get can win the game for them, but I think Baylor knows that they can score with this team, so they're not going to go into conservation mode. Like, oh, we got to. Once we get the basketball, we got to sit on it, go four corners, and then get up a shot at the end of the shot clock. Baylor knows they can score with anybody in the country. So, I don't know. It's going to be an incredible game. This has been a great tournament. It's all culminated to, I mean, just an incredible one-versus-one matchup. I said going in that I felt like this would be the year that the top favorites play each other. Um which Michigan, we almost had three one seeds in the uh, in the final four, but Michigan obviously lost to UCLA. That very much deserved to be where they were. Not a not a fluke at all. Um, but yeah, two ones and eleven and a two seed um, in the final four. Uh, it's I don't know. It's going to be a great game. That's all I really can say. I don't really have too much more. I lo- I love the way Baylor matches up with Gonzaga. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it came down a little, little bit. I mean, the over-under, it's like basically I'd stay away from it. But, like, if someone's like, all right, you got to pick this game and it's up to your life or death, then I'm going over. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would too if I had to pick it. I'm not. So Just because that's how closely I think. This is, like, the best matchup you can put together. Yeah. It's like. It's like I almost created these teams in a laboratory and and set this game up. (laughs) Yeah, for this matchup. Um, So updated record for me is 13 and 8. What does that bring you to? 17 and 8. 13 and 8 and 17 and 8. That's damn good. It really is. So uh, hopefully we can finish it off. And on top of that, I mean, if you listen to our bracket breakdown – if you followed mine, odds are you might be in the running. I got I got to double check because I did one with my grandpa, and he asked me to make him a bracket, so we'll split it. I made the exact same bracket, so um, that would be that'd be nice. Yeah, and if you listen to me with North Texas, it might have got you the extra point you needed to win it. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean looking back on all of them, I mean Oregon State over Tennessee was a good one. Um, I felt like UCSB should have still beat Creighton. That one hurt. But yeah, no, I mean there was there was definitely some upsets. Um we got to see LSU put on a good performance and then give Michigan a little bit of a run until the end of the second half they pulled away, but I mean, yeah, it was it was a fun tournament. Yeah, my bracket was basically busted from the jump. Yeah. Because I was big on Illinois and looking back on it I kind of big on Ohio State too. Yeah. Ohio State was in my in my final four and two of my brackets. Um, 
which obviously they lost in the first round, so that's never good. But yeah, um, it's all right. I had Texas in the final four. It's like I had Baylor. I had all the three teams in in my final four spread out, though not all consolidated into one bracket. Yeah. So that was the biggest problem was that the way that I mixed up my final fours. It's that um, all these three teams were in one of them. Yeah. But they weren't all in the same one together. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I had Texas go out first round. I got them in the final four. I had them in one of my final. It was like, thinking back on that, that was just because I was just so critical of how stupid Texas was. Yeah. And obviously they showed it. They just, they had the pieces to make a final four run. Like, yeah. That's, like why, Shaka, you look that's at, why Shaka Smart deserved to be fired. They had everything they needed. Bigs, guard play, uh, those, those in-between guys that can attack the rim and all of that. So... There was no reason for them to lose to Abilene Christian, who couldn't even score. I mean, they got run out of the gym by UCLA. But I felt like I might be screwed after day two when Texas goes down. But luckily, I mean, the stars aligned. We had Alabama lose uh, to UCLA. I had Michigan and Florida State play each other. So Michigan obviously won, and then UCLA. If Michigan were to get to the Final Four, I don't think I would – I don't think I would win if Baylor wins. There was another guy with a Baylor bracket that would have won. So UCLA upsets Michigan. Um, everything worked out the way it's supposed to so far. So one more game to go. And I etch my name in the uh, the bracket challenge history books. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else to touch on? Nope. Is there anything else going on this weekend? UFC events? Nothing? No. I don't even – I'm the, not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure NASCAR's probably taken off because of the demographic of their fan base. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying today. <laughs> yeah. Um, they usually race on Sunday, but I don't, I don't think they're racing this weekend. The UFC was off this weekend. Um, yeah, Trying I mean, to figure out when we'll be back. I, I guess we'll break it down, huh? Yeah, and then the Masters start on Thursday. Oh, um, yeah, so we'll be right back. Trying to handicap golf. Yeah, putting on putting our golf hats on. Um, good luck. Yeah, ma- I mean you got to love the Masters though. Obviously, no Tiger this year, but Godspeed. Um, all right, so that'll do it for episode seventy nine of Big Easy Bets. Uh, the national championship is tomorrow. Get your picks in. If you got any other specific questions, like I said, and like I always say, message us on Twitter at Big Easy Bets. Um, seventeen and eight for Nick, thirteen and eight for me going into the championship game. You can't ask for much more than that. It's been an incredible tournament. Y'all have a good one. Who dat? We do. We play like we play.